The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to Your Healing Garden. I'm Dina Salisi. Join me on location with special guests as we cultivate well-being with the energies of nature. Today I'm at the Griffith Park Bird Sanctuary in Los Angeles with my very special guest, Azalea Lee. Azalea is a crystal healer and flower essence practitioner in the greater Los Angeles area. She is the author of The Crystal Workshop, a journey into the healing power of crystals. Welcome, Azalea. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here with you today in this gorgeous sanctuary of nature, right in the city of Los Angeles. We're so lucky. So I guess I just want to begin at the beginning. So you and I met, I think it was about seven years ago now, at the Flower Essence Society in Northern California. They were having a flower essence practitioner training, and we were both there. And I know for me, it was a transformational time. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what what I'm curious as to what you were <laughs> experiencing at your transition like what was the experience that you had oh you're the interviewer <laughs> <laughs> well for me it was I was just getting into um being a professional flower oh, essence okay. healer and so um you know just working with Patricia Kaminsky and Richard Katz they are just you know pioneers in the field and they're such wonderful people and being on their land was really special mm-hmm. so I know for you you came there and you were already a crystal healer um and so what was there a pivotal time in your career in your life when you felt a connection with nature as your path in life I mean I probably was already seated with it given the name azalea as a flower you know I was already aware of some sort of significance to flowers because of my name and plus my mother was a very avid gardener so I just saw how even though through her narcissism and all the other crazy things about her, she did have a very strong connection to nature. And I think I was always connected to animals. So I think just having those two things probably already set me up for even having more um, curiosity and awareness of the world. But I think there's, you know, for me, like there's probably some piece of me that came into this world really wanting to be connected to the earth. Yeah. Yeah. And so when did your life with crystals begin oh so that's a it's a really long story so (laughs) a really long journey I always knew when I came into this world that I was meant to do be of service to people Mm -hmm. and not being sure exactly what that was and always sort of trying to search for this thing and in fact um, in the very beginning I thought I wanted to go into filmmaking just because I got so much healing watching great films seeing the journey of people what they're going through how you know you're living other lives through other people through their experiences learning the lessons 
that they go through without having to go through them yourself. So I thought film was like a really great place for me to be able to do that sort of work. So I was actually in the film business for probably about 10 years, but I found that it just, when I was trying to level up and go high, you know, climb up the ladder, Mm -hmm. it just wasn't gelling for me. And I was really frustrated by that. And I had always like listened to the universe. I'm like, universe, just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Is this supposed to be here? Is this supposed to be there? I mean, this feels like the right place for me, but maybe it's not. And it just, I got worn out out by the um show business because has a real there's a there's it's a really interesting dualism there there's it's a whole world based on people expressing their emotions exploring their emotions and the stories of humanity and then on the other hand there was this very you know the business of it and Mm -hmm. the chaos that was behind it not to say that that this was anything um not, I'm not. This is a like in every single world that you go in, but there was just so much chaos and so much toxicity, and also just me feeling like, hey, this is not the place for me to get this out the way that I want to get out, and I just lost my um, motivation to be part of it. So in that moment, I was going through a real crisis of like, okay, what am I supposed to do with my life next? And I felt like I was just sort of lost in the wilderness for quite some time. And then um, I had a friend of mine and she said, oh, she just sent me this random email. She's like, oh, do you know you can dig for your own crystals? And I was like, oh, really? You can? (laughs) It's like, oh, that's really interesting. And I'm like, let's, you know, I told my husband, let's go try it out just for fun. So we went and we did it. And, you know, we went to this mine in San Diego and it's basically you go through the tailing. So they go, they blow up the side of a hill Mm -hmm. they sift throughout all the get the big stuff out and then in the tailings the remainder of the dirt you get to go and sift through these piles of leftovers and see what you can find and we actually found some really nice crystals Mm -hmm. going through these leftovers and we're like geez that was fun let's you know how else can we do this so we joined our um local rock and mineral club Mm -hmm. now i had always been interested in a student of metaphysics but I was never into crystals because I never knew where people got their information from. Right. It sounded very hearsay. Yeah. And having grown up with, um, with having some fundamentalist Christian background, like very, mm-hmm. this for the Bible tells me so sort of just because I said it, right, that's right. You're, you're supposed to believe it, yeah. wasn't working for me. So it felt the same to me with crystals. So I never really gravitated toward them. Um, But when I started getting in the Rock and Mineral Club, somehow it just awakened this thing. I'm like, oh, I really love these crystals. I really like looking at these rocks. And I thought maybe, you know, maybe the next step of what I'm supposed to be doing with my life is, um, you know, maybe I can make jewelry for other people. Because what had happened was in my pursuit of looking for crystals and digging for for our crystals. We actually, my husband and I went to the Benitoite mine in central California, which is Benitoite is found, I think just in a couple places around the world. And it's only found in gem form in California. Is that in San Benito? Yeah. San Benito. So, um, uh, so they have gemstones that they get out of there. And again, you can go through their tailings at this place. So my husband and I went, 
we were going through the tailings, I found actually a stone that could be, it was small, but be, could, could be cut. And so then it became my next pursuit of, oh, you know, I need to find a gemstone cutter. So I went and I asked around and my friend happened to say, oh, I actually know this custom gemstone cutter. I'm like, oh, you know, amazing. Let me go meet him. And so I met this guy. His name is John Noel Sony of Top Notch Faceting. And he started pull, like showing me the gems that he had cut. And he started pulling out from his pockets in this coffee shop the most beautiful gems I had ever seen. Now, I, you know, I live in L.A., Monroe Dale Drive. None, none of those gems ever spoke to me. Um, but so, something about his work really was magical. And, you know, you have to imagine John Noel is... He wears Carhartt. He's tatted up to the <laughs> degree. You know, he's he's got piercings. He doesn't look like your typical jewelry guy, like, you know, jewelry guy. But his work was so amazing. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I need to get on this guy before everybody else figures him out because everybody else is going to figure him out. And so I went from someone who I don't even wear a dime, like I don't wear an engagement ring for my husband I suddenly became like this gem of the month club where I was like selling off all my clothes and I'm like buying gems from Jean Noel. Um, and I made jewelry for myself and I knew what stones were resonating with me. I could figure it out that much. But when I started wearing the pieces that I made and people started responding to them, I thought maybe I can make jewelry for other people. Maybe I can, you know, make jewelry that's meaningful Mm -hmm. and that would support other people. But again, I didn't want to say, I recommend the stone because this book said this, <laughs> like yeah. that wasn't authentic to me. Yeah. So I decided to take a crystal healing course to see if I had enough affinity with the stones to be able to recommend a stone for someone else and be clear, more clear why. In my first crystal healing course, I was doing a crystal healing on one of my uh, teacher's friends as practice and I just knew what to do. I knew where the stones were supposed to go, where they were supposed to be placed. I just had a sense for it. And at the end of this practice healing session, training healing session, the teacher said to friends, like, can you believe this is our first time? And I just sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, and I walked out and I got in the car and I'm like, "Okay, I'm going home. And as I was going home, I'm like, oh, my God, this might be it. Like, this might be the thing. Like, I, Mm. it felt so natural and it felt I knew I was so comfortable with it. And prior to that, I had had a lot of fear that I needed to have a craft, a practice, something that I had studied and worked out through to be able to have some degree of success or achievement with. And what I realized was I was remembering something from other lives of doing this practice for a very long time. And it just sort of was like getting back on the bike again, having not been on the bike. I'm like, oh, I'm on back on the bike again. So that became me realizing that crystal healing was a very important part of like my life. And that was the direction I needed to go. And I think within a year, I'd finished all my training. And then, um, then I opened up my space. But I was still interested in the flower essences. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't remember if I had started the flower essences before I started the crystals. I can't remember at this moment. Because it just sort of comes into alignment, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. both using elements, energies, and natures to work on helping heal people. Mm-hmm. It might have been that I was familiar with the flower essences beforehand. And then when I met you, we it was a subsequent training that we were doing. Right. And... Um, I always, there's a kinship between the both, the crystals and the flower essences that I both feel really resonant with. 
um, I think they're both really wonderful modalities and, um, yeah. 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 Well, thanks for sharing all of that. I mean, I agree with you 100% that it is, these are energetic um, facets of nature, right? right? The crystals, Mm -hmm. the flowers. Mm -hmm. And I know that you and I work similarly as healers and the way we work with them is, um, you know, we really want to get our clients, our people to reflect on what it is they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that is probably my favorite thing about your book, The Crystal Workshop, is that it isn't just a, a guide to crystals, which, you know, guides to crystals are great. I have some myself, but it's true. Until I read your book, they were sort of lacking because it was just like a horoscope. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, like, right, right, uh-huh. a, like you know, um, Rose Quartz is for love and this. Right. But I feel like what you're trying to do in your book and what you do successfully is you're trying to draw the reader into what it is they're experiencing and what it is they're intuiting and what you speak about with your journey, a lot of it was intuition Mm -hmm. and you trusted that and you were like remembering that this is from a long time ago. This is ancient source. This isn't new. Right. And so, um, yeah. So in terms of of flower essences, how do you weave those into your practice with your crystal healings? Well, I really appreciate your compliments and that you got what I was trying to do with this book. Um, I do find that a lot of crystal books are just telling you what's going on, like telling you answers. And that doesn't really help you feel like you have a true connection to the crystals yourself. Um, the idea that I know, like I'm some, like there's this impression that people are like, oh my God, you have a magical, right. you have a magical like pathway that nobody else can get to. And, yeah. and that's not at it at all. It's a resonance that I exactly. tuned into and I've spent some time in and I had had the ability to be able to translate that. But in the same way, like we're really trying to connect, the book is really trying to connect you to your own experience a one-on-one experience with the crystal outside of what people have defined what that crystal energy is supposed to be like. Um, so in the same way with flower essences, you know, you're talking about a resonance that you're trying to have. Uh, I think with flower essences, when people have flower essence uh, therapy, they're, they're really much more clear about like, oh, I took this flower essence and this is I felt this shift happen. Yeah. It's it's a it's clear from when they're doing the ritual, taking the remedy in some way, and then experiencing it. So I'm in each, as you know, everyone who takes a certain flower essence will respond in their own particular way. Right. But there's a theme that runs through that particular flower essence that's been given to them. Yes. And in the same way, crystals are the same thing. So we can have an idea of what this crystal, the crystal energy of it does. But then as you experience this crystal, you may have another facet or another way that you experience this particular energy. So I use the analogy of food a lot. So if you and I got a potato, doesn't mean that we would cook the same potato dish. Not necessarily. Right. It's just this. It's just this middle thing. It's just is that it, it's this energy that we decide to infuse ourselves with, depending on what our needs may be, or our cravings may be, or how we want to manifest that crystal, that potato to be something in the end. So in that way, they're both similar. So they're both coming from nature, and you know, it's both a relationship right. to what you know, a relationship to the energy to yourself. I think for us as healers, 
what we're trying to do is we have an awareness of what these different flowers or crystals are doing. And we, from our perspective, are seeing an alignment of where one energy could help somebody in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. And we are facilitating that connection by saying, here's something you can try. We're not imposing it on you. This is something you can try to see if how it's going to shift you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love, too, is like when I teach um, people how to work with flower essences, when I teach flower therapy, I tell them right at the beginning, this isn't a course about what the flowers do. It's a course about a deeper dialogue with yourself mm-hmm. and what you need to heal. Right. Right. And so that's that's similar to what you're saying. So you describe in your book um, that when you do a healing session, I believe you said, can there be hundreds of crystals that you actually place? Yeah. On people. And then so I want to know, I want to hear you talk a little bit about what you do when you actually place crystals on people. But also like so then do you I'm curious to know, do you also prescribe like flower essence remedies that go along with the crystals that you're using? So with the crystal healing, what's happening in the style of crystal healing that I do is that the client comes in and we're discussing whatever is pressing the client. Like what is it on their mind? What do they feel like a general sense of some frustration at some point, or is it just they're curious about crystals? I just try to find the layout of where Mm -hmm. they are. Um, you know, I also find out, you know, what is their opinion about energies and past lives, just so I know where what they might feel comfortable with in discussing once they go into the crystal healing session. Then they're lying down and I put them through a short meditation for them to get in tune with the breathing in their body. And then I start laying the crystals on them. Um, what's happens in the kind of crystal healing that I'm doing is I'm listening to you know i'm asking the person questions okay what do you see where are you um and somebody will be like well i'm walking in the desert Mm -hmm. and i say okay like and so they're just like i don't know what i'm gonna do in this desert and i say okay what do you see and they're like oh i see another traveler up in the distance i'm like okay do you feel like going up to them so it's a process it's almost like going into a dreamscape and I'm just sort of this tour guide in this dreamscape. I know how things, the dreamscape plan, the physics of it work. Mm -hmm. So I'm just there because they're the person who's receiving the crystal healings. Often the client is having a lot of experience. They're feeling, there's a lot of sensory, like on an emotional and physical level. So, um, they're not necessarily thinking with their mind, but they're going to do next. Right. So I'm, so I'm, so I'm just there to ask them questions like, where can you go? What's going on? And, um, so I'm just sort of hanging, like being with them as they're going through this journey of whatever landscapes. And what I'm also looking for is I have my eyes awake and I am looking at them and I am seeing, um, the energy, like I'm seeing the energy moving around their body. So I can see where like when things, feel a little constipated in one area or as I talk about something, something seems to open up and I'm starting to see these pieces come to it. So it often feels like for me, I'm on a soundboard and I'm just sort of adjusting the levels mm-hmm. and seeing where things are going. Maybe people have too much trouble and I need to take that down. So I find a crystal that will take that down and then, you know, we need to add some base. So that's how, honestly, that's how it feels like I'm on with the crystals. I'm just sort of placing things in a sequence to sort of facilitate whatever needs to be uh, happening with their energy. So some things need to be smoothed out as they go through their journey and they encounter something, maybe they encounter a big piece of fear yeah. and then they'll meet, 
might need a crystal to support their fear and help them with that particular space. So it just really depends on the person and where they're going. But by the end of the session, they have like a hundred crystals on them because we've just really been, we're layering on a lot of energy. And the most fascinating thing is that people don't realize that that much, that many crystals have been on them. They so yeah, they just like, cause at the end I give them a mirror so they can see them. So they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know this many crystals were on me. And people are so deeply in their experience that they're not even aware Mm -hmm. of what's been going on. It's as if they're in their world, but there's like a telephone, the telephone connection between me and the person talking to each other is still there and they're still coherent and they're still totally Mm -hmm. awake. Um, I've heard a lot of people describe it as like being on psychedelics, (laughs) you know, know? well, you're working in the unconscious realm. Mm -hmm. So you're like, you're saying you're connecting with their soul body, their Mm -hmm. ethereal body, not their, their mental, you know, you know, their mind. And so, you know, that's, that's when we get into that space, then the energy medicines, that's when they come into play and really resonate. Right. You're saying resonance. Right. Right. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. In that resonance, in that crystal resonance, so, um, well, I have a few questions here. So one question that I have, it's sort of a personal question because I recently um, began using crystal bowls for mm-hmm. sound healing. And um, I use crystal tones bowls. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with yeah. them, but they're very high quality mm-hmm. and they're they're infused with all different gem and um, precious metals. I've been having just some really amazing results with just um, the resonance, like you say, mm-hmm. like just awakening these asleep parts of myself and of clients, and I've been doing mm-hmm. circles. And so I would like to hear your perspective on that, on the crystal sound healing. So I, since I get, uh, since I'm so attuned to working with the crystals themselves, I don't, I'm not personally drawn to the crystal bowls, but I do use crystal bowls, also by crystal tones. They do do high quality work, although I am a little, to be honest, very iffy about some of the choices that they make, because they do make some crystal bowls from um, what I call man-made crystals. So so it's just something... You know, and it's something I see across the board in the metaphysical world. So that's my only caveat. But the crystal bowls that they do make of the pure crystals, um, I do like a lot. You are, what I hear, what I think is happening with you is that the sound of the crystal is more tangible for you. So you're able to interact with that energy on a level that's more defined maybe than just being with a crystal. Right. Like I said, when you're doing a flower essence, you have a clear connection to when you take the flower essence mm-hmm. and right. when you exactly. when what's happening after that. With crystals, it can be a lot less clear because sometimes people have crystals in their uh, home and they don't know what that crystal is doing because mm-hmm. crystals to me are like braces. Mm-hmm. They're you know you're you're talking about energy that's shifting very slowly 
for the most part over a longer period of time. So maybe for a teenager who's getting orthodontics, they don't necessarily like they see where they begin and they see where they end. But it's such a gradual process to get from one end to another that they're not necessarily as aware of it as it's happening. So I think what it sounds like to me is that with the crystal bowls, it's giving you an opportunity to really resonate with a particular crystal in a yeah. in a in a more defined and intense way. Absolutely. And, and I'm also working with just the energy of sound, mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. a whole other energy, which mm-hmm. we'll save that for a later time. <laughs> but um, you do make a good point about man-made crystals. Mm-hmm. And so like when we're working with flower energy, there aren't really man-made flowers. So we know that the energy we're using is like a life force energy. Mm-hmm. So it's true. I mean, there's crystals at truck stops now, right? Like they're everywhere mm-hmm. and it, they're all not the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what can you say about that? So I go into it a lot more in depth in my book, yeah. um, but there's a, a range of um, crystals from like mildly off to totally off the wall mm-hmm. um, in as far as uh, crystal energy, like a skewed crystal energies, um, you know, on the very mild on the milder end of distortion, you can have like uh, quartz crystals, for example, mm-hmm. um, the places that mine like just clear quartz like Arkansas and Brazil have so much volume um, and they're trying to make as much money as they can out of it. So the most simple thing they do is it's very it's a lot of work to take a crystal out of the ground yeah. and make sure it doesn't get chipped. So sometimes what happens when a crystal gets chipped is that they just grind the face of it down so the chip gets removed. But that's like shaving off your nose or shaving off like part of your face because yeah you know, you have a dimple or some something out of it. And you're actually distorting the energy by cutting off the atoms that are trying to move toward and creating the energy direct. Like basically the crystals are atomic structures of modular form. So you think of them as like little Legos of a certain shape that are just stacking across, Mm -hmm. stacking on top of each other until the larger face that you see of it is actually like a replica of the smaller faces that are inside on a molecular level. So you're actually cutting off the atoms where it's trying to grow. Mm -hmm. So that's one level. Those crystals are still can be very, very useful for you. And I would not say like those are uh, that they should be thrown away or anything. They still have a lot of energy to them. It's just that they've been marred in some sort of way. And when you're looking for crystals to look for better quality crystals and that, The other thing that they will do with these crystals, these quartz crystals, because they have so much, is they'll treat them um, in man-made ways. So with to get smoky quartz found in earth, like if you get smoky quartz out of the ground, smoky quartz is a result of clear quartz being exposed to Mother Earth's radiation. So some radiative energy from Mother Earth will turn the crystals brown, a brownish, you know, yellow brownish or black. What these um, companies will do is they will take clear crystals and they will just stick them in an x-ray machine. And that x-ray machine bombards them with x-rays and it turns them into smoky quartz, but it's not, it's man-made smoky quartz. So that on Mother Earth is creating that smoky quartz energy in a very natural and loving and supportive way. So the man-made crystals don't have that energy, right? right? Um, and they're actually quite distortive. Yeah. Then you have, if we're going to continue on quartz, they have, you know, the angel auras, the whatever auras. That is 
not an alchemical process as much as they'd like to say it is. It's actually a vapor deposition. So they're aerosolizing metals or some material and they're putting the crystals in a vacuum chamber mm-hmm. and adhering the the metal uh, molecules onto the crystal. So it's sort of like a glaze. Effect, it's like a glaze yeah. and you can't yeah. take it off without shaving the crystal. Oh, I see. So That's for me, effect. those crystals, um, they're very popular because they're very colorful. Yeah, they're yeah, they're colorful and people really resonate right. with the intensity of color, um, but it's actually distorting the crystal energy. So it's like as if the crystal energy is trying to come out of that quartz point and it's being um, blocked by a shield of some sort of stuff. So it's distorting the yeah. energy. So I really, it's um, crystals that have been treated that way sound very, mu- they're muffled to me. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, they're I very muffled. Yeah. yeah, so... They're resonating with um, the vibrancy and the like, the sparkles of it. Yeah. So, but not necessarily the healing energy. Yeah. No, not necessarily right. the healing energy. But you know, it's like sort of where people start is that they, they can get a sense that there's healing energy from the crystals, but they're not quite sure where it's coming from. And so mm-hmm. the thing that they latch onto is the intensity, right? The visual intensity of the thing. Whereas nature really requires you to get into the subtlety of things. To tune in. Yeah, the details, you know, the the more than just, oh, it's a green leaf. It's like, how is that leaf shape? How shiny is it? Like, what are the veins like? Is it serrated? Like, there's so many details that are happening in one single leaf. Yeah. And in the same way, there's so much detail happening in one single crystal. So, you know, that's what the crystals are asking you to just to be present with them and go within with that you know but I don't fault people from starting from somewhere no I don't fault them at all but I do wonder like do you have uh, like maybe one solid word of advice when people are purchasing crystals like what to look for and what to steer clear of mm. that's pretty tough I, I think all I can say is if you flip through my book or look up like fake crystals uh-huh. I think yeah. that would be a good idea of the sort of um merchandising that happens out in the world there's a lot of, a lot of crystals that are sold in ordinary metaphysical shops or mm-hmm. Chris, you know in at the malls or whatever are unlikely are less likely to have authenticity like i i've seen a lot of crystals at the mall a few times i've gone recently mm-hmm. and they're actually even just selling glass and sure. saying that it's crystals but they don't know right um yeah. so it's really finding um the best way to go about it is actually just to go to a rock and gem show and buy from the dealers who sell minerals like the scientific guys they won't be able to tell you the metaphysical properties of the crystals and in fact they are uh, deeply offended by (laughs) oh they're very very deeply offended by most of them by the idea that that people are into it for the crystals because they they're so many of the uh, mineral dealers are deeply offended by the idea of crystals having metaphysical properties but there's a lot of wonderful things that they're seeing in the crystals on a chemical Mm -hmm. level um, that they because it's so important for them to sell crystals that are very pure and natural you're going to find the most pure and natural crystals with these vendors Right, because they're geologists. They're, they're geologists. to the, the, the realness of the rock and yeah. all that. Yeah, the things that really <laughs> yeah, matter cool. to them is like the uh, like that they're not, they haven't been altered, mm-hmm. that they've been, the, they're really big on what's called locality. So 
you know, you'll have a crystal like amethyst, which is found all over the world, but um, amethyst looks different depending on where you find it in the world. So sure. amethyst in Mexico is going to look different from amethyst in Brazil, oh, yeah. different yeah. from the one in Uruguay and different from the one in France and different from. So there's a lot of collectors out there who may specialize in one type of crystal, like they'll just specialize in gypsum or as we know in the metaphysical world known as selenite. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will look for the different localities. They will collect all the different localities of this particular crystal. Right. So it's highly important to the dealer's reputation that they're selling what they're authentically saying is from a particular locality. So right. that allows you to get more authentic crystals. So that's where my book comes in is because I know a lot of the crystals that uh, you might resonate with when you look at them will not be found in some crystal encyclopedia. So then it becomes for you to develop a one-on-one relationship with your crystal to understand what it's about and what it's doing for you. Because ultimately that's the most important thing. It's your relationship with the crystal. It's not everybody else's relationship to the crystal. I love that. And that's truly holistic in that, like you're saying, it speaks to each of us differently. So that's beautiful. One way that I um, love to work with crystal energy is through gem essences. Mm-hmm. And um, I've made my own. And I know that you go into that extensively about not to use toxic crystals. And mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Um, but I also like to, um, you know, buy gem essences. Mm-hmm. I, I use Alaskan um, uh-huh, essences because uh-huh. they're very reputable uh-huh, and they right. have a pristine environment. Right. Um, but so how would you say that the difference is between working with physical crystal rocks and gem essences. What's the difference there? Okay, so with crystals, since I work with crystals primarily in their physical form, Mm -hmm. there's an intensity to the way that I want to personally work with them for crystal healing. When you translate them to gem essences, it uh, the best way to take, it takes the edge off. So maybe if I describe like, to me, the difference between crystal energy and flower essence energy and how I use them differently, When I'm doing a crystal healing session, it's just about the crystals because crystals, I find the way in crystal, they're very cathartic. So they're really just pushing things out. I will say crystal energy is very tectonic. So when Mm -hmm. I'm working with crystals, we are like digging out the foundation where, you know, everything's getting turned over. And with flower essence energy, um, had I have more, had I, if I had more time to work with the clients, that would be the follow-up stuff I would work with is okay. the flower essences. Cause it's like what now, now that we've redone this landscape, what do you want to grow in its place? Oh, nice. Right. Like that. So yeah. what are the, and the flowers have this very flexible mm-hmm. quality to them. It's very like, it's much like the crystals are, um, what's the word I want to use? They're, they're very, uh, forceful <laughs> you, you know it's it's a lot of tough love from crystal I mean, it's like, raw. yeah it's, it's really rock. it's really raw. yeah it's <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just like they're coming in there it's you know it's mm-hmm. uh it's like the trainer who's gonna beat you up so you can get fit sure. it's a it, it, they're they're much more intense in that sort of way which you need every so often and that's why with most people who have had crystal healing sessions with me they only see me once a year mm. it's because there's so okay. much that gets turned over right. and so much that they realize and so much they're realizing that they need to implement like it I'll describe crystal healing as like being um if your life was like a football game and you could just freeze flash freeze everything in a moment and you get to stop and sort of look at all the different things that are happening and you realize okay all that stuff going on over there I don't need to pay attention to this stuff over here I don't pay attention but this right here is what I need to really be focusing and really looking at right and then when you come out of the crystal healing session you're just like okay 
now I know what to do and there's the goal line and now I'm going to move toward that direction. But it takes time sure. for you to implement all those things. So with flower essences, that's when I think flower essences are ideal to come in to help you create that movement toward where you're going for to the support for the support yeah. of that because they're both you know it's like when you're creating a backyard you're making the space you're clearing out the space you're making all this um, place for beautiful things to grow and then then you decide like okay what do I really want to grow how do I want to lay everything out from you know that best supports me so that's how the crystal energy and flower energy gem essences are closer to the flower essence in right. that they're softer. They're really, they're softened by that water yeah. and they're softened by that whole, um, the smoothness of the water going through you. So I, I find that gem essences are, I find really good for, um, continuing support mm -hmm. and right. to have an experience with crystals that is a, clearer to you so when again when you're taking a gem essence you're very clear about the moment that you are taking in the energy yes so i find um that to be a really good um supportive measure so for me the way that i use gem essences is i have a clear cup of water and i have it on a coaster of hematite and so my water is being charged oh, by the nice. hematite so i'm constantly yeah. drinking hematite water beautiful so I, I drink the hematite water for my continued support because from the book, um, you will know that hematite is one of the most essential stones to be working with yeah. and how grounding it is and how supportive it is. So I can never get enough hematite in my life. Right. No, it's, it is yeah. one of your top three. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to ask you, this might be a charged question, I wonder, um, because you talk about how the crystal energy when you're you know using the physical crystals it can be intense um and so one a crystal that we hear a lot about these days that i know is intense for people and i'm wondering if you can comment on is moldavite okay <laughs> uh moldavite is an intense crystal um but i understand that there's a certain group of people really resonating with it but the whoop-de-doo about it yeah. is a little overblown, in so, my too. personal yeah. opinion. There's a lot of other crystals. I think the people who are really working with Moldavite, they are looking for a very transformative experience. Um, and they are heading into that transformative experience, wanting to turn their life upside down to do it. And it's it's... Would you say some of us need to do that in order to change? Some people, but some not people? as yeah, yeah, but not as many people who are. But as it doesn't fanat have to be right. But it's the people. <laughs> the, but the fanaticism around it yeah. is um, is out of proportion. Yeah, of course, there's the people who resonate with Moldavite, but sure. it's not the be all end all stone. Agreed. And I think it actually is affecting people in uh, a not helpful way because it is. It's like giving speed to somebody. Yeah to who is already um pretty wiggy to begin with so i don't th i i personally don't find it it's the the ideal stone to be working with but there is a contingent of people who are into crystals who are very um have i feel like have been i don't know there's just a lot of a uh, lot of um hype about it that they're they're really going after and it's not the health I, I don't find it's the healthiest 
out of all the different stones that they could choose to be working with, things that are much easier to find, yeah. that's not the crystal that I would be recommending for most people. Right. And it feels to me like it's not a very good um, entryway stone. It's oh, more no. of an advanced stone. But then we see people who've never worked with crystal energy uh-huh. before get sold it. And, yeah. Yeah. Know, I mean, I yeah, can, I can say this. Powerful. Like, it's like people who think that psychedelics alone is going Mm. to do the healing work it's not that experience itself that does the healing it's an awareness that you're doing it and especially when you're going through a real intense doing a real intense medicine say like you're gonna do um ayahuasca ibogaine or something iboga Mm -hmm. or something you need someone to be there with you to help you with that because it's a really i've done both ayahuasca and iboga and they're Mm -hmm. both really intense journeys you need to be led Sure. You need someone who's going to keep yeah. you safe. And it. so I feel like a lot of people who are into Moldavite um, are just thinking like, oh, it's like a psychedelic. Let me just go off the deep end with it. The other thing that I've found really alarming that when I have gone to do the gem shows and shop at them, there's there's a lot of unsavory people that are resonating with Moldavite energy mm-hmm. that are selling Moldavite. Right. This is not everyone because I know some of the sure. Moldavite sellers, but there are definitely some Moldavite sellers that are um, – extremely racist, extremely like, yeah, extremely like, um, uh, gun toting people. Right. So it's alarming to me because that's a sign of the kind of people who there are conditioned, not everybody, but a contingent of people who are attracted to this energy. Yeah. And you always want to, um, you know, go into the energy with, right. with other people who you're, you're in partnership with the people right. who you're getting it from. Exactly. So I, I agree with that 100%. So if anybody's wondering what, they could work with instead of moldavite obsidian is always a really is obsidian is a very good energy to work with and obsidian is very easily found and is not an expense it's you can find it very cheaply i love obsidian i sent you some of yeah, it <laughs> i have it it's During in a pile. pandemic yeah. so up where i am in northern california there's uh-huh. an obsidian hill glass, uh-huh. they call it uh-huh. glass mountain and you know sometimes we wild harvest we're very um reverent about it but um i sent you some during yeah. the pandemic and it yeah i mean i i love obsidian and that it is this gentle, supportive, yet powerful. It is so, a very powerful scent, and it's yeah. very gentle. And it's much, it'll it'll be much more helpful for the people, if for the people who are looking for transformation in their life, because obsidian is about cutting away and letting go, like sort of this liquefying and uh, changing. It's not. It's also not the most. It's not necessarily always an easy stone because when you're cutting things out of your life that you don't need, it can be very unbalancing to have, you know, what you thought was a major part of your life, like in something that was integral of your Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. taken out, whether that be a situation, a friendship, a belief system that you have. Once it gets removed from you, then your world is sort of upside down until you rebalance yourself again. And I've been writing a lot in my newsletters about obsidian energy and how significant it is. As you can see, there's a lot of tumult happening in our world because a lot of stuff is coming out. A lot of there's a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of there's a lot of tectonic shifts happening energetically in our world. Um, And it's basically, you know, the energy is basically obsidian started yelling at me a lot. Last year, toward the middle of last year, I just some of the crystals will start 
some of the crystals will start speaking more to me and obsidian started really speaking a lot more loudly. And then at the beginning of last year, basically sometime, I think at the beginning of this year, they're like, okay, it's obsidian time. And I'm like, okay, it's obsidian time. It's time for obsidian. And now it's like, and I'm like, okay, not the easy, not, not like, this is like, you're really like slicing out. Not, not, we're not, it's not a gentle, like, okay, I'm going to put you over there. We're like, no, you're just cutting out the stuff that you don't need in your life anymore. And it's, and it is a little dramatic, um, but it is, it feels really good. I love that idea of the obsidian cutting out because that's what the, the Wapo and other tribes Mm -hmm. used for um, arrowheads. Yeah, exactly. It is a cutting stone. It's Mm -hmm. an amazing stone. So Azalea, is there something you want to share about your current work in the world? It's been a really interesting year for me because there's been so much personal. I needed to take a lot of time to step back from the crystals publicly to work on personal stuff. Um, so I, right now I'm being actually pulled away to, uh, from working with the crystals publicly and then more put it in the background until it's a better time on a conscious level. I can tell you the reason my conscious reason why is because with social media, the information about crystals that are out there is really distorted. It's very unhealthy and there is not, it's just not a place for uh, true information to get out. Mm-hmm. So I know the people who are aware of me, find me out and find out the information from me. And so they're again, I wrote the book so you can start doing this crystal yeah. work on your own right. and to be very clear about how the crystals are working with you. Cause Although it's nice to have me as a security blanket, you've got you you have it all in within yourself to connect with these crystals and work with them for your healing. So my book is out. So much information is in there, um, but I'm feeling pulled to actually work on some other things that are not related to crystals. But I will always be connected to the crystals, and I will come back with it to work with it in a more public way. But I just don't. The universe is telling me this is not the moment. It's really it's just really interesting for me because I put. There's so much that I put into the my crystal work, and now it's just like, okay, now time to switch gears. And I'm like, okay, I just trust But you're the- not really. I mean, what I'm hearing you say is that it's it's the work you're going to follow up with is in alignment, I'm sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you did create this beautiful book, this work, that that's your gift, and that's the teaching. So mm-hmm. it's there, and it's going to live there, and right. people can find you still. So, right. mm-hmm. you know, right. amazing. I'm so happy to, to know you. Um, <laughs> Likewise. So, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes mm-hmm. for this one and just answer it, whatever comes. So, Azalea, what is something that you know to be true? Mm. Love is the highest energy in the universe. Mm. Indeed. Some rose quartz might add to that <laughs> for those who aren't feeling the love, right? right. <laughs> Maybe we can spray it all around the world. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all in needing more resonance with uh, universal love. Yes. And, and I know, cause when you talk about rose quartz too, mm-hmm. um, and I know this to be true about rose quartz, that it's the universal love starts with her own self love, right? Mm-hmm. So giving that love to ourselves. Right. And so Azalea, how can listeners find you? So they, the best way now, since I'm not on social media is to go to my website at uh, place8.com. That's P-L-A-C-E, the number 8.com. And if you join my newsletter, I'm pretty sporadic about sometimes I'll do a blast of emails and sometimes I won't, but I try to share whatever is energetically going on with the crystals, what they're communicating to me and what they want to share. Um, and I do still have crystals on my website if people are interested in getting crystals directly from me, since I do handpick every single crystal that goes through my shop. 
Mm, yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, listeners, I just want to um, definitely encourage you to pick up the Crystal Workshop by Azalea Lee. It is a great resource. Um, you'll learn so much. I mean, I just love the parts even just about quartz and how we're all living on a ball of quartz. And it's just phenomenal work. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, and I think that's it for now. So thank you, Azalea, for being here with me today and for your amazing work in the world. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast. Mm, thank you. <laughs> and remember, nature lovers, nature is the universal source that nourishes every living being on the planet so go outside fall in love with nature and thrive thanks for tuning in share your nature inspirations and hashtag your healing garden for more information about my work in the world visit dinasalisi.com If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.